Wait, you've ranted about puppies and unicorns, but cyanide bombs, you're okay? Hello and welcome to episode number 72 of Grumpy Old Ben's for June 29th, 2020. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where the weather is warm and the murder rate is climbing. And from the 75th most populated county in the U.S. here on America's left coast, I'm Ryan Bemrose. And we have a very special guest. Are you, are you in the same county as Ryan Bemrose, Billy Bones? No, I am uh, south of the county that uh, Sir Bemrose is in. So you guys have a quiet little town. You're spread out a little. Well, it's a quiet little town. How Wait, far from Seattle? Are you, are you in? Are you in King County? I'm in King County. I claim. Oh, I'm so in sorry. Twin Peaks, Washington. <laughs> I'm Bones? so sorry. I thought for some reason I thought you were in Lake Stevens. No, no, I'm. Yeah. I am more or less in the epicenter. I'm 45 minutes outside of Seattle, but I deal directly with the people that go to Seattle. So you're not in the chop? No, no, and I don't even have enough time to justify going to that that <laughs> shithole. Well, who does? I mean, there's a, was another murder or well, another you know shooting. I mean, I guess uh, maybe it'll be justified. I don't know, but another one yesterday, and uh, another person shot. So uh, it's uh, it, it's certainly well, not. It, it, it sounds like the, they're they're finally failing by attrition. Well, it's certainly not the utopia that they thought it was going to be. Where oh wow, we're a bunch of leftists, we can take over and everything's going to be great and it's going to be a, it's going to be the greatest society and we'll show everybody else how to do it. No, it's turned into a shit show. Well, they had the, the incentive to not have guns and everybody's going to have free stuff and we will take care of it and it's all love. It's, as Jenny Durkin said, it's the summer of love not too long well, ago. The, the idea behind looting is that everybody should get free stuff. That's That's kind of putting the idea into practice the problem occurs when they run out of local businesses to ruin and have to start looting each other then then people start getting uh the i mean there's some tension did but it's there was donations yes you, did <laughs> you read that one nice i did i oh, read a couple there, of there those was, that said that yeah the, there was a, a story that came out about somebody who said, I thought that we are all, you know, a big happy family, but I left and my $400 laptop, you know, I went, I went out to exercise or something. My $400 laptop was stolen right out of my tent. And the response was freaking gold. It, it was, uh, you know, well, you, you might, you know, the, the person who took it might've needed it more than you don't consider it theft, consider it an unplanned donation. <laughs> well, uh, $400 laptop. <laughs> You know, this is the problem with socialism at its very uh, heart is that you don't own anything. There is no property rights. So that doesn't mean you just can't own property. And I think this is maybe something a lot of the younger kids who have been brainwashed throughout school, throughout college, think that, oh, well, yeah, nobody should own property. They don't understand that means, you know, the, the shirt on your back is property that uh, you shouldn't own anything that laptop nope that phone nope it's amazing to me that so many of the people that are marching for this stuff 
that call for this kind of stuff, you know, have the latest iPhone or the latest, you know, Android phone it doesn't have to be Apple product, but they're the ones with the expensive products that don't seem to quite understand this won't fly in well, a, in that socialist society. There in, there's that saying that uh, when you're young, you're liberal, and when you're old, you're conservative, and that's because when you're young, you're not paying taxes, you're not paying bills, you're not earning your own stuff. Fine, you might get a an allowance, but you get to go out and buy whatever, and everything's handed to you. It, it's it's but not when an you start allowance. Earning it's your it's own a UBI. Money, when you start earning your own money, you have to pay those taxes. You've worked hard to buy that car or that house or or even that iPhone, and now you don't want people to take it away. It is an amazing switch, right? Because how old are you, Billy Bones? I know you're not old, though. So you can give me on grumpy old Benz, but you're not old. I'm 35. Yeah, you're not young, but you're certainly not old. Yeah. Okay, I Zoomer. Fall, <laughs> I, I, no, no, not a Zoomer. And I, I do fall at the beginning end of the millennial spectrum, which qualifies me for the zillennial uh, moniker because uh, oh, I grew is that up, a new term no that's been around for a couple of years now and it's because i grew up with an analog uh childhood watched uh 56k modems and dsl come around and witnessed the change from the analog revolution to the digital revolution here, here's here's the cutoff that i always like to use between the millennials and zoomers have you ever seen a landline I had plenty. I even had two landline uh, phones in my house growing up. I wasn't privy to the party line like some of you guys, but... <laughs> no, I've know. never had a party line. I mean, we used to have them in uh, like high school when there was the uh, phone freaking and stuff going on where there was a number that everybody could call and uh, and they would all connect. But yeah, we don't, we're not old enough to have the party line. And But most people, I think, you know, if you're over the age of 40 or so i think most people still have a landline that they kept which is what we have done even though because we've never really gone to be using cell phones with regularity i mean even my cell phone number nobody knows because i have a telephone service for the home number which is now voice over ip which is we use uma but uma allows you to the minute your home phone rings to forward that to another phone as well. So the the minute we got the UMA home phone, I set it to ring my cell phone. So I've never given my cell phone number out. People can call my home number, and whether I'm home or wherever, it rings all the phones. It just works. But the the landline... That sounds obnoxious. Well, it works. It works. Well, the only problem with that is uh, the benefit for having an actual landline now is when the power goes out, the landline still works, but if you got your phone line through cable or or the internet, if the power goes out, you got no phone outside of well, that, your cell phone. That, that depends on whether the power is out for just you or if it's out at the switching station. Right. Right, yeah, because we have battery here that'll keep the phones running. Well, one, the phone yeah, we have well, itself, will the base station will run off the battery in the cordless phone as long as it's sitting on the charger. Yeah, all I have to do, though, I do have to have the modem continuously running on a UPS. Because as long as the modem's running, you can still get the phone service. And again, the beautiful thing is, if you call the home phone number, it's not based upon, it's not my home unit forwarding to the cell phone. If the power goes out at my house and somebody calls the home phone, my cell phone still rings because Uma still forwards. A few years back, we had a, a really big winter storm out here, and, and when... 
when the really good storms come by it's crazy amount of wind and uh you know the funny thing with with trees that grow like weeds everywhere is that you get enough wind and they fall across all the power lines so there's widespread power outages during these storms have you thought uh, about cutting all the trees down it they just grow back there's too damn many of them uh my wife used to work tech support for Comcast, and uh, one of her favorite stories was during one of these widespread outages when uh, a customer came in and said, how come my internet's not working? And she said, well, uh, you know, okay, what, what's going on? What's wrong? So, well, you know, this and this and this, and they go through a couple steps, and it's like, well, the power's out. Well, that that would have an effect. And the guy says, no, no, but I have a generator. It's like, sir, where are you? Yeah, there's no power anywhere near you. Yeah, but I have a generator that should work. Yeah, but there's no power on the other end of the cable line either. Right, right. Yeah, if that happens, there's really not much you can do if your switching station goes down. Uh, your description of, of phones that work when your house power is out, though, you know, I, I have one of those, too. I call it a cell phone. Ooh, does that does that work? Is that a newfangled technology it, you have? That's it, one of these spy when- devices? It works when one of the local microwave 5G radiation towers is is still has power. I'm surprised you even have a cell phone, knowing you're the guy that turns off JavaScript and won't run that in any of the browsers, and you won't run if, most things. If I didn't, what would I complain about? <laughs> a lot of things, I think. I think there's a long list, but it certainly helps. And you but say you've, you've rooted you've rooted your cell phone, so you've turned off all the the google spyware through that root oh, yeah. process right i i, I well I, the first thing i did was i uninstalled most of the google and samsung spyware but yes like take google play out my phone actually doesn't do, do a hell of a lot does f droid <laughs> well let's see but nobody calls you so it really works out then well that, that again that's by design you know when when i i don't like my phone ringing and part of that is that that when it rings it makes the yoko ono screen and so it puts me in the right mood for somebody who's trying to interrupt whatever the hell i'm doing and can't be bothered to send some kind of asynchronous message like an sms and so you know then i answer the phone with what now does anybody in your age range billy bones use the phone for voice calls or is it 90 percent? what's the percentage between voice calls an sms or messaging through some other service you know what even even the older generation of people that i'm working with now the majority of them send text messages there's a handful that i work with that are about my age that do actually make phone calls but it's it's business related i'm not actually you know having full-on conversations no i think my mom is the only person i talk on the phone with outside of that uh, everybody else's text and if it's a phone call it's three minutes or less yeah even my even my mom knows that if if she wants to talk to me the first thing she needs to do is is send me an sms saying <laughs> hey you got time to talk because otherwise I'll, I'll answer the phone angry well you do that anyway but isn't that uh, a big problem with well, no, society if, I, if i'm whole- expecting to talk then then i will be okay but here, here's the thing uh, phone calls are a synchronous method of communication where the person who initiates the call is interrupting whatever's going on on the other end and i so when when i'm doing something which you know a add personality i'm always doing something i'm always concentrating on something it's not usually something useful or interesting but i'm always concentrating on something and the phone ringing is knocking me out of that and i'm like what is this interruption and the only way to engage with that is to completely disregard whatever I'm doing, which is usually coding some kind of little hacker script or something. 
and and talk to the person. So, yeah, it phone phone like synchronous phone conversations are annoying. Now, if I set up a time, I'll do it. Like if it'd be like, yeah, we'll let's have a phone call at six p.m. Okay, I'll do that. Well, Actually, like I've done a pretty a, good. It sorry. sounds like you need a designated drawer. I'm I'm notorious for putting my phone down somewhere. I don't need, I don't have the sound on. It's just on the vibrate setting. I'll set my phone down and walk away, forget where I've put it, come back two hours later and come back to a bevy of uh, text messages and maybe a missed phone call. Yeah. And then well, maybe the beauty, I'll read them. The, the other thing is I've finally trained most of the people in my life that I don't like to receive phone calls. And, you know, I don't answer, like if, if the number's not in my phone book, I just don't answer anymore. I've got an app that does that. It's like, it doesn't even ring if the number's not in my contacts list. Uh but there's only one person who still calls me out of the blue and wants to chat. And that's my brother. And I've not been able to train him, but everybody else, you know, by combination of being totally rude when I answer the phone and otherwise not answering, they finally figured out, Oh, that's not the right way to communicate. Wait, wait, wait. You threatened Bemlet with physical harm to make him learn algebra, but you can't keep him from calling you. Your, your system obviously isn't working. He's bigger than me. <laughs> okay. See, this is where, everything switched over but i do believe there is something to be said for the way we communicate as human beings that has changed over the last 20 years or so that has led us down the path to where we're at now i mean i don't know what percentage i'm not going to blame it all on any one thing but the current state of the world oh just just blame the boomers you know everything's their fault anyway well maybe it's but the technology has definitely changed the way people interact and we've now gotten to the point as we're seeing where it's very easy to uh you know unfriend somebody mute somebody not see what they're saying on the social medias or wherever you know on text it's very easy to just you know mute them too and they don't get the texts and uh i think it has made people um the attention span's definitely gone down. It has made people not have in-depth conversations about things because I don't think you can the way people communicate anymore. And okay, you can schedule the phone calls, but most people don't. Most people communicate via text or they communicate via one of these social medias, whether it's sending a message in Facebook or Twitter or wherever. And the type of communication you get there is not as in-depth you are not hearing any of the context which is one major difference between having a voice conversation with somebody and communicating via text is you get a whole lot more context with the tone of voice how it said you know the jokes are totally different and you can tell when somebody's serious as opposed to when somebody might just be giving a little bit of sarcasm and I really do think as a society, we've lost something by not having verbal communications. And then, I mean, God forbid, face-to-face communications even less now, right? Yeah, eye contact has definitely gone out the window. Uh, we can look at the uh, the fact that people are able to uh, modify, edit, and proofread their texts before they send them. But even at that uh, there's well, a lot of people can, that can rush right, through them and don't. just yeah and even and when you read text you read it in your voice not the voice that uh the individual is 
uh, sending it in. So even if it is mean or sarcastic, sometimes that person might take it in as flowery or again, I prefer to read them all in Morgan Freeman's voice. (laughs) Well, there are apps for that. You know, I think you can change like your, uh, you know, your uh, Amazon device to the Morgan Freeman voice. But it it, it is a a very uh, important part of that, especially now with the typing the stuff out. When I was a kid, even, you know, you're going back to like high school and especially when you first start dating and it's like, well, what did she say? Well, how did she say it? You know, what did she what, what do you think she meant? Now there is so much more open door to not knowing what's going on because it could just be a misspelling it could just be a typo you know and that's uh you Good know old skynet machine learning yeah auto correcting oh yeah oh yeah the auto correcting stuff is hilarious when uh there was well, it was one of these uh apps and, and i don't know sir bemrose loves the apps and i'm coming along to his way of thinking on this because there was an app for the uh, local italian beef place here bueno beef And one of the reasons I stopped going is the fact that their loyalty program was tied to an app and the thing constantly logged you out for some reason. And when you went back and tried to log back into the app, I would put my email address in and it was autocorrecting. Like it didn't know it was an email address. So it was always screwing it up. And I'm just like, you know what? I don't need to eat here because it was that much of a hassle. So they're enforcing loyalty. Yeah, well, if you want your you know, I mean, money by off the opposite. And, spelling loyalty, <laughs> which is horrible that it's like you're on the I mean, who can't figure out if you're writing an app for the box that is for an email address? Don't start because I would I use an old email address that I've used forever. Big Ted Nugent fan is people. Anybody that tunes into the rock and roll pre-show now. Uh, Great White Buffalo at yahoo.com is one of my email addresses and it kept trying to separate okay, everybody the three signed words. that up for spam lists yeah i'm sure they, <laughs> there's already that's why it's there it's already kind of the spam account uh it's one of those things that's the email address i use when signing up for spam including i think the uh, no agenda newsletter but that's uh it's it's a place to go and when you have an email uh care you know you know they're entering an email address in the box don't spell correct I mean, that's the most idiotic thing in the world. Whoever wrote that app, you should be like, oh, it's an email box. Do not separate things. Train your phone. I know that uh, I've got my email address as a spell corrected in the dictionary for when I've got to type it in in the phone. Now you want me to do more work just because you want to use a three as the E because you're one of the millennials who use the speak that leet speak. Yeah, I've trained my phone. I went in, found the setting for this spell correct, and turned that crap off. <laughs> I always... Uh, I, I know how to spell. I learned back in the day when we didn't have computers constantly doing dictionary checks on everything we typed. Well, that's I know. part of my problem with my phone is I don't have the American English Dictionary. I've got the UK English Dictionary because you can't store it words wants to like put a bunch fuck, of u- shit, extra use. piss... You can't you can't store those words in the American English dictionary. Samsung has oh. prevented me has censored my language. But if I go through the UK, which makes me misspell things like color, right. then the then U. I can have my colorful language. That's interesting. And you know, I don't think that is something that was uh, done by accident. And this goes to the main story that I wanted to talk about today. 
and it, we talked about it after the last grumpy old Ben's in the post show. And I think it's really worthy of talking about in depth. And I wanted to get your point of view on this, Billy, because you're a podcaster as well. And most people that are doing this kind of stuff online, you want to have some way to monetize it, even if it's a small way, big way. I mean, there's there's vastly different amounts of money coming in for podcasts. Some get a few bucks a month. You know, Joe Rogan gets millions. But the Dick Masterson Patreon We're sign up for the Joe Rogan money. Right. I would like to sign up for the Joe Rogan money. Not I don't know where that mailing list is yet or how to get onto his bank account. But Dick Masterson, who does the Dick show, created his own Patreon 18 months ago because of the fact that Patreon was kicking a lot of people off, not allowing them to use the service because we're living in a world now where you're being deplatformed for a variety of things. There was just a woman that got deplatformed from one of the social medias for having a Christian response to black lives matter but i mean any anti-black lives matter i mean if you want to dare speak badly about it at all you're probably not going to be able to take money on patreon you're probably not going to be able to take money on paypal if somebody complains i mean i'm surprised that our show and some other shows we follow haven't been hit yet but it's probably just because we're too small and nobody really cares about it Uh, under the radar no nobody has complained is is what's really going on there right And Dick Masterson thought he would have an answer, created his own Patreon alternative, and it lasted 18 months before uh, MasterCard came for him. Or was it Visa? I mean, I think they're kind of the same company. Uh, Haven't they changed their name to Primary Card or Main Card yet? They may. Um, (laughs) But he's gone now. I mean, so they're shutting down because Project 2, which is what he was calling it, was and he sent out a note we can just go over a little bit of this he says bad news i learned this week that the new project two is on the match list and that's all capital letters this is a global credit card processing blacklist Ooh, that sounds racist curated by mastercard that all banks use to determine your processing eligibility some offshore banks will serve as customers on the match list for all codes except one and that is code 10 violation of standards and then dick asks in the this little message guess which one i'm on the list for the site cannot process credit cards as current subscriptions run out all membership levels will terminate and the site will go dormant um so basically mastercard has them on a list and because of that nobody will process payments for his site now this is very concerning because we all understand what goes on with twitter and the blacklisting or the bans and people getting kicked off the same thing with facebook and and on social media that's one thing you know on youtube also but when it's the way you're making your money that takes it to a whole new nefarious level and if you don't think the deep state is real if you don't think big brother is real i mean this is some pretty clear evidence to me that no matter what you do if you want to monetize what you're doing they can turn you off and how do you fight back with something like this well uh the easiest way is not having the the patreon or the third party system and follow the no agenda model get yourself that p.o box and have people send 
cash or checks directly to the P.O. box. Now, the uh, P.O. box is definitely good, but I think that takes, I don't know. If I had to the guess. Majority of, the majority of people aren't going to do that, though. The majority right. of people want that ease of technology. Uh, we just put in the credit yeah. card number, and then once a month, it automatically charges me, and I've got nothing to worry about. Uh, nobody the, under 35 has ever heard of a check either <laughs> well i recall stories of people having problems with checks standing in line at the grocery store are you going to pay with cash or card oh she's pulling out the the checkbook yeah, for a dollar 35 get through really? the next aisle <laughs> yeah um that is that was that was a concern back in the day not so much anymore but even with the p.o box thing is this really not going to ever hit your bank account? That's the that would be another main question that I have here is that is this ever going to get to the point and if I think it will the question is just when that when you're on a list like this even your bank will be notified and they'll be like yeah we can't process checks or anything for you anymore your well, your checks and gone. money order is a personal agreement a personal COD between two individuals and unless that individual falls on something, let's say, like a government terrorist watch list, uh, there's no means to shutting down the bank account, uh, as far as I understand. Well, if all of the banks are colluding, then uh, and and none of them are willing to process your your check, whatever. Um, I, I'm I'm not sure what you could do. You know, the the thing that was running through my mind when you were describing this was that uh you know the first thing is oh you know well mastercard is a private company and and i i really dislike when people pull out the the oh they can do what they want because they're a private company because that's absolutely true when there's competition but when there's a monopoly or in this case what appears to be a cartel uh where apparently they've just gone through and and made it so that everybody in the marketplace uh will follow their lead well then there's no competition and they may as well be a government and and the moral implications of the private company argument go out the window is you you can't you can't ethically make the private company argument when there is no competition uh what i want to know though is uh, not that there would be any possible chance in today's oligarchy of the elites to for such a prosecution to happen but wouldn't maintaining a, a list and forcing all banks everywhere to abide by it wouldn't that be prosecutable under rico that that sounds like uh you know trafficking or or uh what what's it when you when you're mobbing it up well you know, the rico statutes are where you're not paying your taxes and they come after you for your business dealings that's where rico is i don't know much more about it yeah, I don't know but, what the point would, how they would be able to force people to take payments. I mean, and you know the, you know the excuses that are used usually were, well, you know, you're getting too many fraudulent subscriptions. You're having too many people that are, you know, complaining once they get the bill on their credit card. That doesn't seem to be the case, obviously, of what I'm, happened I'm, here. I'm not suggesting that anybody force anyone to do business with somebody they don't want to. What I'm suggesting is that MasterCard is somehow forcing banks not to. Right. Because if if all of the banks were truly in competition and the market was open, there would be a bank out there willing to take money. Uh, oh, Trihusker, thank you. Racketeering was the, the term I was looking for. Uh, basically, anytime that you get 
a whole bunch of people together and, and act like a government because the government really hates co- the competition. Right. Well, uh, you're not seeing somebody like American Express or another company standing up saying, hey, we'll take the money. Well, yeah, it's, again, it's keep, just in. Again, keep in mind that uh, Visa and MasterCard are payment processing individuals that interact with the bank on your benefit uh, to extract and charge the money. That's why there's the credit card fees. And that's, again, where we come back to the checks being a personal uh, COD uh, to the individual, which is would be your workaround. Your checks are your, your money orders. And that's where the, again, the, the credit cards have that power. Again, they're there making it easy. They're making it convenient for you. So I guess uh, the, I don't know. The question becomes so something like pop money is the workaround because it's using your checking account online to make a payment, which in the same way, it really acts the same way as a credit card does. It just goes directly from one checking account into another. And I would guess maybe that's the answer until we find out it's not. I mean, that's that's the real question, which is what is the the downside there because you're just changing the processor in between you and the person you're trying to get money to and the the pop money we had one guy use that he's also the guy that's using patreon steve and it worked i had to sign up for an account and give them my uh, you know the checking routing number but otherwise the money showed up in the account and they have pretty decently low fees compared to things like PayPal and stuff like that. So, I mean, I guess the question then would become if somebody could start using something like that as their payment processor for a system like Patreon and allow people to do subscriptions and all of that without, uh, you know, without getting deplatformed. I guess the where you start coming into issues then if anything is ever funded by an ATM card, you know, that's by Visa or MasterCard or, you know, Anywhere they're going to come in, I think the uh, you're going to hit a roadblock. But I don't know. There's the people are going to point, I'm sure, to some kind of cryptocurrency. But I'm not really sure that's an answer right now because you know crypto has too you know, many questions. For for those of us who are old enough to remember back when this worked, um, there there has been a technique where we would exchange uh, physical objects. Many of them are paper, but some of them are little small round and metal and and people would treat that as currency exchange has anyone ever yeah, tried this i can't you ever try shoving some of those through a cap five cable <laughs> you just need a really long slingshot maybe like a coin rail gun <laughs> even if that's not an effective way of getting payment now i really want one that would be great uh yeah it is not very effective as far as being able to collect large amounts of money and i'm not sure how paypal plus there's there, there is a large system of couriers in in America, at least, where if, if you you can put something in an envelope in a box with some words on it, and and a group of people will come and take that and put it in another box somewhere else. It's called the mail. Well, they you charge you a large fee, and about eighty percent gets lost between point A and point B. But otherwise, it's a great system. Is is that better or worse than Mastercard? It's about the same, I think, right now. Uh, and I'm not sure when PayPal is going to catch up to this kind of stuff. Uh, like I said, I'm surprised that we haven't heard more on that end. Although PayPal is making money off of every transaction, which is maybe why. Although so is does MasterCard. I don't really understand the reason why they would go along with this, except to go down 
the conspiracy theory route and say that they must be part of the new world order that wants the liberal takeover and we must silence all other voices well keep in mind paypal uh cut off payments to wikileaks years ago uh filed them under uh was it i don't think it was terrorism but they were you know sharing those deep dark government secrets and i don't know if that was before or after the clinton emails but uh they cut them off because they were subjugating the new world order so to speak yeah i'm pretty sure that was way before the the clinton emails that was uh that was during the snowden stuff which was what 2013 sounds about i think right. benghazi was 2015 in this message he posted a uh, dick goes on that he started the project with the goal of making deep platforming transparent in the last 18 months i've learned that the deep platforming process is not transparent because our financial system is not transparent the censorship works in reverse every layer is built specifically to obfuscate what's happening behind the scenes companies and banking I think the partners word that are he's looking for is corrupt to well yes to censor proactively to abide by ill-defined requirements of the patriot act leftover policies of operation choke point and to protect staggering capital investments in credit card certification requirements of questionable necessity they are held hostage there is no customer support there are no warnings given it's guesswork done in a black box Banks partner with processing institutions who have relationships with larger banks who all exist in the world of MasterCard. So it says um, this like like it's not a feature of the system. This is straight out of 1984. It's uh, you know propaganda that's been around for a century. All you, you if you have a strict, clear set of rules, people can follow them and find loopholes. But if your rules are nebulous and ill defined and you enforce them selectively then nobody has any idea when or something's going to be enforced against them and they'll all fall in line on their own you don't have to enforce it they'll self-enforce those features are installed for your privacy and your security do not worry it really turns into a game of whack-a-mole we talked about scott adams creator of dilbert moving from youtube over to uh, locals which is something i had never heard of before he went over there but it's also a patreon type system where people can give money on a monthly basis and he can post content but i don't know if moving really makes much sense because that wherever you're moving to if they're new they're going to be up for you know a year to 18 months and then everything's going to get taken down again and i mean i guess at least you can make some money in that time but what is the long-term answer here if you want to be a content creator online that is going against the grain and we know i think everybody here is fits into that uh the no agenda show does speaking sanity is now going against the grain yes well speaking truth critical thinking is is going against the grain yes trying to analyze anything rationally is going against the grain yes so how do you keep making money at this? How do you have a system that can't be shut down? It has to be a crypto. I don't think it's Bitcoin, because as we talked about in the last show, Bitcoin has major problems, both from a privacy aspect and from the point of view that the the encryption is going to be broken. It's just a question of when. And I don't know why people are putting billions of dollars into a system that they know 
within 10 years will probably be worthless. I mean, it just seems idiotic to me, but a crypto. At, at this point, I think that your Weather Underground might have something. They might have the idea there. Yeah. The the uh, volatility of Bitcoin or any cryptocurrency doesn't seem uh, logical. And then think about just the any potential exchange rate to get that transferred into either ones and zeros into your bank account or actual uh, physical cash. Uh, I don't see you're you're paying that three to five percent uh, exchange rate, regardless of however you you get that. As far as ease of process goes, maybe the digital currency is the way to go because you can pay for it, pay support someone. But what can who's gonna what can you buy with uh, Bitcoin? I can't pay my rent in Bitcoin. I can't pay my electrical bill in Bitcoin, even whether or not it's tracked. Right. Uh, it's not easily transferable into the real world as far as i understand right it has to be converted back to fiat and then you can use it and that process there are people that have been trying to take care of that there are a few apps that are out there there are some uh credit cards now there's a you know crypto um what's the name of the one monero i think there's uh there was one i signed up for crypto.com where they'll, they'll send you a credit card but of course if that has a mastercard logo on it i don't know where you're going to be at but that would be their point would then be you would have a atm kind of card that you could use those funds in the real world but i think we're running into the same problem then which is you can still be blocked if it's uh with a bank that doesn't want to do business with whoever and that's that's just a weird weird thing and it's something i don't believe many people saw coming even a few years ago when all the social media banning and blacklisting and blocks started uh, shadow banning started i don't think most people saw this going to you know they're going to actually be able to stop you from making money because the biggest credit card processor in the world is going to go yeah no we don't like what you're doing and no i pretty much called that did you yeah Is is it in the red book it, it it was in whatever red book I was using back in 2013 <laughs> when the the WikiLeaks thing was really the big eye opener to me was when the uh, WikiLeaks was the only organization out there doing real journalism uh, and and by journalism I mean investigating things and and bringing information to light rather than just spewing propaganda and and press releases and they didn't go after them on any kind of speech grounds they didn't go after they didn't try to shut them down overtly they went after their payment processing and and got them disconnected from the economy and that that was a new technique at least to me back then and it was pretty obvious it was a very powerful technique to which there wasn't really a defense and uh projects like np2 was the defense to to the the woke movement trying to disconnect you from conventional well obviously there's got to be something else out there you know here here's here's my backup here's here's a uh, a payment processor that i can you know subscribe through that isn't censoring and uh it the this whole situation with with mastercard is really frightening and makes me feel like they're the company that needs to be shut down because they are clearly acting in a government capacity 
beyond government, but we do need competition with anything. More competition is better. And I don't understand the the legality of this because it seems that being able to take money in the case of Dick Masterson's system, not doing anything illegal. So the fact that nobody's willing to do it, you have to go down the conspiracy theory route because it makes no other sense. Banks would like to make money normally. You know, that's the whole point of capitalism is that making money good. So when you get to something like this and you go, well, hey, I'm trying to just have a system that does processing and, and you're going to be and, making. And, and like percentage. I said, it, the, the nature of competition is such that somebody somewhere running a bank out there will want to take their money. And you, you even if the vast majority of them absolutely hate it on their whatever moral grounds or woke grounds or whatever, somebody will if you have real competition so if there's nobody at all then that is very strong evidence that that there's some kind of central thing in the back end that is coercing these people and and that's a failure of capitalism that is you know when when people point to this and say see capitalism fails no capitalism only fails when you allow monopolies and cartels and racketeering and collusion uh in on the back end which is what i you know collectively referred to as corruption and at this point mastercard is uh, most of those things right and i think you're right radix 023 in the troll room available at noagendastream.com when we do these shows live says the central banks are going to issue their own cryptocurrencies and when they do they will systematically eliminate other cryptocurrencies history is clear on this point and i can't argue that it seems to be well for for the same reason that black markets always appear uh you cannot suppress people's desire to freely exchange goods in in some kind of barter form of economy uh and if if you try then the the market just goes underground it's going to happen i mean I, I, don't, think, I don't know what that means in cryptocurrency well i mean i think the only answer would be you need to be able to take money in a way that is hidden and that just adds to a whole bunch more problems meaning if somebody wanted to make a donation to grumpy old ben's you could have a link for them they would put in their information and how that money got to us would be a question i mean nobody on the outside could see so you can't shut down the payment processor because you don't know who it is but as I said, that would bring along a whole bunch of other problems and possible fraud and possible corruption that, uh, I don't know, it'd be and, nice. And, and the government gets involved if the IRS can't have their cut. Well, yeah. I mean, always pay your taxes. That's a very important thing. You, you don't want to forget that. But it just seems to me that if you're a content creator in any way, shape, or form right now, from podcaster to comic book artist, anything that you're going to provide online, doing videos, and you want to allow people to be able to send some cash your way, if you're on the side of sanity and daring to speak truth and not fall in line with the new, every, oh, everything's great, man. We got to love Black Lives Matter, the group. We got to love LGBTQTY. You got to love this, man. And if you say anything, I mean, when you start shutting down, you know, the, the overall scripture and there have been times where people on twitter have been you know banned for putting scripture up because that's hateful now it's a uh 
it's an upside down world and the ability to take money is very important for everybody and you know unless you live in a socialist society where there is no money and that's not us yet um i don't know i don't know what the answer is but it is a very scary proposition for anybody that wants to make money and not just as an online content creator if you're a you know web designer if you're a consultant whatever it is a lot of people take payments through systems that mastercard controls so it's it's quite easy to believe that even if say i'm a website creator still and i do a website for somebody and i'm like okay here's my bill and they're like okay well here here's we'll you know paypal whatever we're gonna here's my mastercard and then mastercard goes oh wait you posted something on twitter that we really didn't like so yeah we're not going to allow you to take payments through us anymore then what well i i don't know where mastercard's advertisers so to speak uh come into play because we look at uh, cancel culture and someone says something and we all cancel you know ban the advertisers ban the Ban the show. Don't Mastercard watch. is resistant to cancel culture because they don't make their money on advertising. They make their money on on credit card fees. So then, where does where does it come in that uh, people who associate things that they disagree with as hate speech they turn they've abused the phrase "sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me." They've conflated that into words are emotional damage which equates to physical damage because now i have to go sit in a corner and so that way we can tell mastercard to cancel these individuals because uh they've had to seclude themselves to the safe space yeah i think you just pretty much uh nailed the the neoliberalism ideology that that's pretty much exactly what they think yeah solving the world's problems one conversation at a time <laughs> um i will tell you uh you, you know you you were saying darren that you you're not sure uh where what what people are going to do and i will just assure you that even in the most oppressive authoritarian uh, uh socialist communist areas uh if if you have if somebody is preventing you by force from exchanging the official currency for goods and services you will just people being people will find a way to exchange things of value in any kind of bartering system and it could involve a currency like a, an off the books currency maybe a crypto uh maybe maybe something else or or we could just go back to swapping pigs and chickens if if the you know if if the internet and infrastructure collapses far enough uh but people will find a way to exchange things for things of value that's what people do the only question is what will it look like uh i think that we you know we can't really imagine a future where we don't all have the ability to instantly you know enter a 19 digit number and send money to somebody halfway around the world through an ethernet cable or a wi-fi but uh yeah, we all we all exist with that but if if that becomes sufficiently corrupt then maybe we reach a point where we are our, our new normal is we go back to exchanging things physically <laughs> i don't know which is very hard to do when you're doing podcasts and things like that but maybe we can use i mean here's the answer of course we can use stars a virtual currency that facebook has that they're going to use 
three gold stars for you right for fans to tip their favorite creators well this is this is weird in the same vein um it's it's a very weird thing and and you can only tip your favorite creator if if they're woke and on the left side of the spectrum and approved by facebook censors yeah they facebook though this is a very thing to be on the heels this, of what we just read. This idea was a great idea The right up until you said the word Facebook. Well, right, which is leads me to believe this is going to go down the shit show hole very, very quickly. And it's a very weird story to be covering right on the heels of what just happened to Dick Masterson, which is Facebook, according to TechCrunch, expanding the availability of tools that offer gamers and online creators to make money. It was first launched as it looks like a beta in 2018. Um, the ability to charge fans a 4.99 monthly fee for exclusive content and a fan badge for their profile. It was limited until today. Facebook now says any creator in Australia, Brazil, Canada, Mexico, Thailand, the UK, and US that meet subscription eligibility criteria, which means you have to have at least 10,000 followers and more than 250 return viewers. Yeah, that's nice. Should be able to sign up to participate. But this is a way. Now, Facebook is trying to make money on the content creators. But my question is, how long until the first one is demonetized because somebody's going to complain that it's going to be a, you know, Candace Owens or a, you know, Bongino or Glenn Beck or that kind of a type that's going to be making money and there's going to be complaints because, you know, you can't be conservative and they're going to be shut down. How long? Should it be like days, weeks? What are we going to think? Uh, definitely less than a month. Uh, there's going to be someone who's getting, there's there's more than likely going to be a, a left leaning individual that says something either out of spite or or dropping that sarcasm, and and one of their fellow brethren are going to say you you can't go that far. That's wrong, and uh, just start that cycle all over again. Well, if I'm going to be targeted on this, maybe they offer the apology, but maybe they they offer too much. Uh, inflection in their voice and that all of a sudden <laughs> triggers that that negative feedback loop and then all of a sudden demonetized what is it about the millennials that love the apology billy bones gen z that's it not, gen z not mine not the millennials the millennials get the bad rap because the gen z was overlapping with them there's been a lot of uh millennials don't are not scot-free but gen z keep in mind those people are freshly out of college for the past couple of years now. Those are your your 20 to 25-year-olds right now. And they have a big presence in the workforce, even though they're still living in mom and dad's basement. Uh, they are the ones that have absolutely permeated the work culture now. I just realized something. I did, I did a quick calculation. I'm actually closer in age to Billy than I am to Darren. See, I'm just Darren, you're old. a geezer. Yeah, I'm old. But I yeah. bring the heat. <laughs> the 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 concept here though is you're absolutely right kids are staying kids longer which is weird because the left is telling us on one end of this that we should listen to you know Greta Thunberg we should listen to high school kids telling us how we should make gun laws but then they want the kids to stay home and on their parents insurance until they're 28 years old live in the basement it's it's a weird thing but i think you're absolutely right when you're living off of anyone and the closest thing you have to socialism in the united states is when you're a kid 
and your parents buy everything for you. Everything's magic. You want something, you ask for it, you cry, you throw a tantrum, and if you have the wrong type of parents, they give into the tantrum, and you get whatever you ask for. And this seems like a great system, and you really don't learn the concept that it's anything you're getting so, is not free. Somebody had to work to get the money to, you know, just like you have to turn your uh, cryptocurrency into fiat currency. You have to turn hard work into that fiat currency first. The fiat currency isn't just unlimited. And I don't think a lot of kids get that uh, quite yet. That, that if, if you subscribe to MMT, it is to MMT. What's that? modern monetary theory well that's not what we're then, talking then it's about. unlimited you can just continue yeah okay uh i would like to read something to you um i think this is this is very important uh and it uh it answers i think it does a pretty good job of answering your question which was effectively what what happened to an entire generation whichever generation that happens to be uh Psychologists use the term socialization to designate the process by which children are trained to think and act as society demands. A person is said to be well socialized if he believes and obeys the moral code of his society and fits in well as a functioning part of that society. The moral code of our society is so demanding that no one can think, feel, and act in a completely moral way. For example, we are not supposed to hate anyone, yet almost everyone hates somebody at some time or other, whether he admits it to himself or not. Some people are so highly socialized that the attempt to think, feel, and act morally imposes a severe burden on them. In order to avoid feelings of guilt, they continually have to deceive themselves about their own motives and find moral explanations for feelings and actions that in reality have a non-moral origin. We use the term over-socialized to describe such people. And if you've been listening to No Agenda, Adam likes to use that term a lot. And I don't know that he... Uh, has defined it recently but that passage came from industrial society in its future uh from uh, professor ted uh who had some amazing thoughts and and he saw this all in the 1990s long long before facebook came around and brought it to fruition but this is what social media sites are doing to people when you have people connected 24 7 to each other they are you know immediately and fully socializing and then we we impose these rules of political correct culture and wokeness and the the over socialized definition i just read is precisely what has happened to people their minds are being torn apart by trying to adhere to what they perceive to be a society that requires them to be behave perfectly moral in a way that is literally impossible for a human to do. Well, we've gone from, uh, you know, your guys's time frame where there's no social media and the only people you hang out with are your friends, family, and neighbors, all the people you interact with uh, immediately, to now with social media and the World Wide Web, the your communication group has significantly grown in distance but again we've lost that interpersonal connection of human to human and now it's just video screen to video screen be that text or or video chat and uh with social media and everybody wanting the best for everybody everybody's running on feelings you feel that you're able to influence your social circle uh, which vastly grows very quickly with social media 
to do the right thing without uh, actually seeing the implications of your local area. People have forgotten their local boundaries, their human boundaries, as opposed to their digital boundaries. Oh, I think you're that, absolutely right. And when you one, read one thing that, that I've one thing I've said at, at some point I just mentioned is uh, most people these days in the days of social media can't pick their neighborhood, the, the people in their neighborhood out of a police lineup. They, they just have no idea. They've never gone outside of their house and met people near near them physically. But well, like- what about people who live in apartments? That would be chaotic. I live in a small enough neighborhood. I can tell you I know all my neighbors uh, by name, but that's I'm definitely an outlier. If we go back to Professor Ted's time in the 90s there, and we somehow flip a switch that makes the internet not happen as we know it today. So social media never becomes what it is. There is no Facebook. How is the world different right now? It's a good question. You know, I think I think it is a big part of the fuel that's been thrown on the fire, and I think it's exactly for those reasons. One, you are dealing with... A different community than you wouldn't have been um, Two, you're dealing with a community of people that quite often you've never met in person this is really where you start getting down the lines of you know are we living in the sims because a lot of people on your facebook and twitter you know follow list friends list do you really know they're even real people they got a oh, I don't think they are. Of course, they're, everything on the internet is real. Everything, for sure. Okay, Billy Bones, now we know where the problem is. Uh, <laughs> it's that I'm belief. I'm pretty convinced, I'm pretty convinced that, that I'm not even podcasting with a real person right now. It's just a very good AI. It, it, well, no, it's, it's running. an extremely advanced microphone with a bass boost. Right, well, you gotta have, well, that, I don't even have the big bottom on. I mean, we can add that and really have some fun, but... I do believe a lot of people have that friends list, you know, especially on Facebook, where they have no idea if the people are real. I do believe a lot of people follow people on Twitter thinking they're a real person that is either a bot or it's a person that is intentionally trying to influence. I mean, it would be really easy to get people to follow you and you see it all the time. I mean, you could put up a picture of a, you know, attractive 25 year old woman who is spewing conservative politics and you're like hey she's hot she's awesome i want to follow her and it's really like a 50 year old guy in india you don't know i thought it was more likely going to be a russian but well yeah yeah, if you believe everything you hear russian collusion chinese collusion um which is why one of the stories we had talked about on one of the previous grumpy old bens how there was an app in india that was, of course, taken down because it was hateful. And all it really wanted to do was make it easy for you to uninstall or automatically uninstall, which I guess was the biggest problem. Any app that had a Chinese origin. And India is continuing along this path because India has just banned 59 apps that have Chinese origins, including TikTok. So India, I think, just made their country a whole lot better for getting rid of TikTok, because I do believe TikTok is a cancer. I do believe TikTok oh. was just caught by one of one of my stories. Yeah, is yeah, the, is evidence of that. Well, that was the one they were caught grabbing the keystrokes by the new Apple uh, user interface. So Apple's now warning you when more things are going on. 
and I saw somebody posted. I understand. Yeah, but I don't put that all on TikTok. Well, no. The I but I saw a post that somebody made, and it's like, okay, you you can't believe ninety percent of the stuff that you see, but this seemed legitimate. That somebody said, you know, their kid was addicted to TikTok. They took the app away from them, and they're like, it went. They went through weeks of withdrawal because the app was taken away from them and they're like i don't think most parents realize the true psychological effects that these apps have on their kids which is constantly trying to get the likes and constantly trying to impress their friends they're using all of the psychological tricks that have been developed by social media networks for the last 20 years people you know facebook famously had more for a while had more psychologists than programmers on their staff uh it, tiktok is is very much using the you know it's the same thing that i was talking about in in video games they've got the the uh, connecting people with likes they've got the the you know the first one's free where the very first video you put up will get a ton of bonus likes because the first video you put up is always uh circulated really widely by their algorithm uh it when when you put up something that that is liked then it gets more circulation and and you know the there's always the trying to be more viral and it's uh the the article that i read used the the term that i really liked said uh when once people have become hooked on tiktok then it's an endless search for finding new videos to post while they're chasing the dragon so it is a so drug does this mean, Yeah, can we can we put apps and probably even cell phones under schedule one because they have no medical benefit, are highly addictive. Uh I forget the third term that goes with schedule one, but let's just put those medically scheduled one and that way we we're not even allowed to have them. Like marijuana. This is that not the worst idea in the world. Schedule I, one. I, I can get behind that. I can be convinced. I I think a big problem is, and it's it's a something that I've uh hit on over and over and over again on this show and others which is parents need to know what their kids are doing and they need to pay attention things like tiktok seem on its face like oh it's no big deal it's just another social media app but there are real repercussions i mean it's one thing and i know the argument i guess can be made is it really any different if the company in control of your kids photos and videos and data is it really that big of a difference if they're a silicon valley company or they're the chinese government and maybe there's not but it seems to me uh, wait, not not what a difference between silicon valley companies and the chinese government yes. no there's not that much a difference no that's and it's sad to say that at this point but i do believe maybe there isn't really any uh, difference between those i mean they're all under the same management anymore but they're you're allowing whoever it is into your children's lives into your family's lives there's information that they're collecting they have ability to listen and take video even when the apps aren't on and there's you know all down that line that if you don't think this is going to be used against your children at some point i don't know i don't know how you're missing this because we so, had stories years ago. Remember the guy, Josh Hader, who was an all-star pitcher for the Milwaukee Brewers, was in the all-star game a few years ago. And the day before the all-star game, somebody went back through his Twitter account and saw he used the N-word or something when he was like 15, 14 in high school. And this blew up. I'm like, do you really think that the stuff your kids are posting to TikTok today are not going to be used against them sometime in the future? 
So I want to go through the the TikTok story uh, because it's actually worse than you think. With you know, oh, TikTok is spying on everything your kids post, and 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 that's true, but it's worse than that. Uh, and and we can get to the 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 hopefully by the time that kids today and and by kids i mean actual children not the people behaving like children in right. the streets of these democrat cities right now uh once they grow up hopefully we'll finally have got past this awkward stage where everything you've ever done can get you canceled right uh but so uh in, in my notes the the heading i have for the tiktok app says from the total lack of surprise department tiktok is spying on you um so the iPhone uh, has a vulnerability. Uh, the vulnerability is that, uh, and this, this, by the way, was disclosed last February, and w- they told Apple, uh, the vulnerability is that any app that's installed, whether or not you've given it uh, clipboard permissions, there, there is a way that it can read the contents of the clipboard. Uh, so the clipboard permissions are really are, can it write to the clipboard? Because any app can, can read. Um, normally not a huge deal and uh the you know by the way at the time uh the security researchers pointed out that tiktok was in fact reading the clipboard Uh, and that's what this whole thing is 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 tiktok has been caught red-handed reading the clipboard every single time it changes on ios devices um they, they back in february they were fingered as these guys are reading your clipboard through this vulnerability already uh tiktok denied it and for those Um, people who don't know what kind of stuff is in the clipboard well any anything you do copy and paste is is what's in the clipboard but um i'm 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 working my way there If, if you ever do a copy operation that text or that thing that you copied goes to the clipboard and then when you paste it somewhere else it takes whatever's latest in the clipboard and puts it there that's that's how you know how clipboards work on on mobile how it works on desktop so what changed now is that ios 14 beta came out now they did not fix the vulnerability but they put in a security watchdog where it notifies you whenever an app that doesn't have clipboard permission reads the clipboard and so people who have the ios 14 beta started getting these pop-up notifications so every single time that they copied an email address out of their mail app the pop-up would say tiktok has read the data from the clipboard um that's so by the way now tiktok tiktok has has changed their story now now they say well this was actually an anti-spam feature in fact they are rushing to disable their anti-spam feature so that they're back within compliance right well Um, yeah i I, saw their quote something like so so you know to to any confusion we'll quash that we'll remove this part of our our system so (laughs) So your question, what goes in the clipboard? Um, probably the most damaging thing that goes in the clipboard. Do you use a password manager? I do. I, I do too. And the way that that works is that whenever something prompts me for a password, I go over to my manager and I click the button for that entry and I say copy password and it puts my password on the clipboard, which I can then go to the other window and paste in. And normally that's plenty secure, but if you have an app that is reading the contents of the clipboard and and by the way uh keep ask the one i use at least and most good ones will also erase it from the clipboard after 15 or 20 seconds so that you don't have it stale and accidentally paste it way down the line but if i have an app like tiktok that is reading the password the moment it goes in 
they now you know that nobody has any idea what they're actually doing with that data but it's pretty safe to assume that whatever gets copied to your clipboard can easily be sent off to a database somewhere in china yes now how many times you know you you might actually look at this and go well that's not a big deal i'll just watch what i put on my clipboard on my mobile phone that's no big deal you know or i don't log into things on my mobile phone i just don't won't worry about what's on the clipboard apple has a very innovative feature called universal clipboard that makes sure that your clipboard is shared between every mac every ipad and every iphone that you are logged into <laughs> which means that when you are working on your mac and your phone is sitting on the table next to you with tiktok installed and you go to copy some password or some really critical piece of data or some giant block of text out of the super confidential document that you're working on on your thing and you just decide to move a paragraph around it copies that paragraph to the clipboard to move it it uploads that to the clipboard on your phone TikTok reads that clipboard off your phone and immediately sends it to china congratulations you're leaking data wow yeah that's uh i had no idea they'd actually connected then to the laptop i mean i mean if anybody's still <laughs> running a mac desktop i mean that's or an a, ipad oh yeah that's true the ipad too that's uh that's a major deal and we can only assume same thing is going on on the android side of it we just haven't caught it because they don't have yeah. the same thing android uh, doesn't have the the beta feature that that watchdogs it but yeah you can pretty much be assured that these apps are also stealing your data and sending them off to china and in, in on the android side you just don't have to know about it yeah and a lot of and people are may, still maybe in ignorance that. is bliss well it is i was and just maybe, gonna say the ignorance of oh you know i don't have anything to hide which is the usual dumbass answer uh, is probably going to be used here the the other question would be you know if it's doing any more nefarious things with devices that are on the networks and uh the fact that it's all going back to china and we have to wonder how tiktok really they came out of nowhere to become a pretty big contender and i didn't get it from the start because it really just seems somewhat like an instagram kind of clone except with you know a little more you know towards the video end of it and people like Gary Vaynerchuk, which is one of the reasons, you know, I talked highly about Gary Vaynerchuk back when we started the show and back when I was starting Random Thoughts. I've unfollowed him. I just can't stand it anymore because he's a TikTok guy. He has money in TikTok and he's always wants people to go to TikTok. And I'm like, screw you, man. I can't trust anything you say if you're that involved in the TikTok ecosystem, because I do believe even more so than facebook and twitter i do believe tiktok is overall evil and it was set up for the reasons not just so your kids can share videos but it really is a data miner in a video sharing wrapper is what it seems to me maybe i'm wrong but that's the vibe i'm getting on this well it's not you're not wrong on something like that because there's the example i don't know the name of it but there was a and i think it was in iran Somewhere, definitely somewhere in the Middle East where they the government released a WhatsApp version of their own for the people in that country uh, to be able to communicate. And the government released it as a private company. But again, it was all government programming. 
people used it. It worked really well, and it started going outside of the country. Uh, again, like WhatsApp, it's really easy to communicate with people uh, and not lose data and, and whatnot and integrate contacts. But all that information was going right back to uh, that central government, and they were scraping everybody's information. So just because it's released under a private company uh, and everything with the CCP is government uh, uh, supported, which means the government owns a piece of it. And even though TikTok servers are here on U.S. soil for U.S. citizens, uh, protected under U.S. law, that's not to stop uh, anybody who's yeah, looking how, how for data information that? to be sent back out. What was that? Oh, I said, how do you even enforce that? They, they can uh, claim it. But. Well, I don't think no, you do I, because there was a case where they noticed information was going to China, even though that was allegedly U.S. servers. I'm not saying it's not going over to China. It's their company. And if they feel that in order to improve your experience, uh, right. they need to collect all of this information. And that was one of the answers like, oh, we're going to start using more uh, help staff you know, more support staff in the United States, because that's what, you know, that's what we were doing. We were just, we were just sending, you know, for support requests. Uh, Progo says he has a friend who was a musician who had field recordings created, show up on extra devices without her knowledge or consent because, you know, Android. So this is happening on Android too, whether that's uh, related to TikTok or not, but it's something that should be in everybody at the top of everybody's mind. You have to realize that the data that you have anywhere is it really safe? And uh, yeah, the screen sharing or the you got your browsers now that tell you to log in so you can share the browser between your phone and your desktop. And yeah, yeah, uh, uh, browser. No, thank you. How about how about the fact that it's almost impossible to set up Windows 10 without logging into a Microsoft account anymore? Well, well, they want to force you to do that. Doing it. But I want to ask you guys, I doubt either one of you are using this. Anybody in the troll room right now has used this. There is a new thing in Windows 10 that will allow you to sync your Android phone to your Windows box so you can do things like respond to text messages and all this other stuff. And I just wonder, that can't be a good idea. Yeah, that, that, that's been in Windows for years. It was actually available in uh, 2011 really? to sync with Windows Phone. Well, that nobody had a Windows phone, so nobody cared. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you could sync your Windows 8 with your Windows phone. That 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 was in. Well, you can sync Android phones now. It just doesn't seem like that. That just, you know, okay, one, you're adding Android, who, like Apple, has all sorts of security vulnerabilities. And then you're going to Windows 10, all sorts of security vulnerabilities, trying to mesh the two together. I don't know seems like a bad well, idea there, there's a lesson in here about connecting accounts on different services and i know that it it increases convenience and that's always been a theme here but uh maybe if you don't log into the same account on every single device you have then those devices won't be seamlessly sharing your information even if you don't want it to yeah but, i've always held that that healthy bit of skepticism about uh just don't even have one email and multiple emails, multiple passwords, mix it all up, and and no, the phone has never been connected. I may have a smart TV, but that's not plugged into the internet at all. That's disabled no. on that. I just need no. Never screen. ever plug your TV into the internet. It will never no, need absolutely it. Absolutely not. 
But as we've talked about on Grumpy Old Ben's, sooner or later, the TV will find your neighbor's Wi-Fi. It will hack into it and it will connect you whether you yes. want it or not. Uh, thank you. There's- Thankfully, my neighbor's Wi-Fi is password protected. Well, see, your TV, I'll hack it, though. It's smart. There's an XKCD comic out there called Zealous Autoconfig, which I always really liked about that. It was it was an autoconfig for a Linux script, but I always imagined it for the smart TVs as well, where the, the script says, you know, trying Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi is locked, uh, you know, trying, wi- you know, found neighbor's Wi-Fi, neighbor's Wi-Fi has a password, uh, you know, sending people to neighbor's kid's school in order to hold their kids for ransom to get the password out of them <laughs> well and the intriguing thing now though is so many people are using xfinity and i'm assuming that other cable companies are doing the same thing but the xfinity setting up all of the home routers unless people specifically opt out setting up the home routers as hotspots for wi-fi i'm guessing that smart devices that comcast wants to connect and that may be your new tv out of the box We'll just look for an Xfinity login and it'll have one in the TV. So no, whether or not you want to connect it, it's going to connect. Well, for, for the moment, I think we're saved from the fact that Comcast doesn't want to give free Wi-Fi to everybody. They just want to give free Wi-Fi to people who are Comcast subscribers. So you have to log in with Comcast credentials, right? which means they- you still need... You still need to give your TV your Comcast credentials before that'll work. But what if the TV has a backdoor? What if the TV has, you know, Samsung with the password? You think that that they're going to just log in with Samsung credentials? I think that Elon Elon 5G. Right. Well, I think that that could work. If Comcast has a deal with Samsung, the TV may be hard coded to look for. Actually, I think I think Billy just nailed where this entire thing starts to collapse is 5G. You cannot get away from the signals (laughs) once that happens. True. That they will be everywhere. We'll all be irradiated, They're, but the, the, the you, devices you won't will be, be able to disconnect something from Wi-Fi. Everything will just be on the internet, whether you want it or not, and tracked within a few feet. Um, you know, obviously, that's another thing we've talked about a lot on Grumpy Old Ben's is the tracking capability of these devices. I think we're screwed. I really do. There's no putting the genie back in the bottle. We have cell phones, and everybody seems to have one that will show your GPS coordinates. They will also record audio and video, whether you think they are or not. Same thing with the Amazon devices, the Google devices that people put in their homes, the smart TVs. There is a there's a over prevalence of this now, something that was once, you know, hey, when, when the Amazon thing first came out and it's like, oh, somebody has one of these in their living room and that's kind of cute. It became way less cute to me. Once I realized how well the microphones on these devices worked, because you don't have to be in the same room to have the thing understand what you're saying. And we've come a long way in audio. Was that a couple episodes ago when I was trying to mess with your Alexa thing and and you just said something directly into the microphone and your your spy device in the other room answered? Yeah. And it tried to order toilet paper because my wife had ordered toilet paper through Amazon before. Luckily. It was not in stock, but it was in my cart. Like, oh, no, no longer available toilet paper. Just because I said talking into the microphone, you know, device, order toilet paper. And there it was. I find I find myself being extremely uneasy going into anybody's house that has uh, one of those spy devices. And it's not that I'm going in there uh, and we're planning to overthrow the government or anything. But Oh, you do that it, somewhere uh, else? Yes. Yeah. Out in the middle of the woods <laughs> in a in a tent with no one else around 
just the spy satellites looking in. Good idea. But uh, when people are recorded, they know that they're going to act and speak a different way. And I find that everybody around me with that are okay and accustomed to those devices just talk normally. And again, it's not that I'm out there overthrowing things, but it's I find myself being more cautious on the words that I say and in talking even less because that's an invasion of my privacy, even though it's not in my house. Uh, I, I haven't given them permission to listen to me, even though they may be listening to me through my phone. But if they're listening, if I worry about that, the phone can go sit in a drawer somewhere and, or I'll leave it on the counter and I'll be outside and not worry about anything like that. Which we had talked about this too, and nothing ever came of this when it comes down to the legality of these devices because of the fact that video recording in most states i mean we're just we're talking about the united states your part of the world may be different but in most states it's perfectly um, legal to have well, video Billy surveillance Bones lives on the left coast yeah i know but it's still it's, legal it's to have a video surveillance over here well you love communism that's why you guys live there the video surveillance perfectly legal but audio surveillance is a whole different thing so how is the legality of this handled when Amazon, Google is basically audio surveilling everything at all times. But they don't store the data. Isn't that what they said in that press release? <laughs> I didn't read the EULA. If if they don't store the data, then why is it that they're able to work with law enforcement in order to get recordings of what happened during the during a crime? Oh, they were just running a uh, a test deal to make sure that the user experience was properly enhanced <laughs> right you know the so you can I, go I yourself seen... and get copies of anything that set the device off both google and amazon allow you to do that to actually hear the no. phrase no. that what, what was that sound oh that that the algorithm identified as a hammer hitting the top of the device yeah and then it stopped working amazing but what happened with the the there was, was there a lawsuit or at least an inv- investigation about uh, the more or less the EULA and the, the end user agreement of these spy devices recording uh, kids talking because you're not allowed to record under 13. Was that you guys or was that just a random thoughts episode talking about that? I think we talked about that here because that is I know I remember talking about going back to running the boards for the country musicians when I worked for them where the hip uh, not the HIPAA, uh, the uh, what was the name of the the law that you can't collect any information from kids? COPPA, C-O-P-P-A. You can't collect anything from kids under the age of 13, I think it is. And it does add a whole bunch of crap to any of these systems that are online. Because even when you're trying to sign up for pay, uh, for uh, Twitter, when you're trying to sign up for you know any of the social medias, they want you to say you're over a certain age and kids can lie, which I think is great because that does absolutely nothing to stop kids because they're not I, idiots. I, I support the ability to lie when somebody tries to get too much information out of you. But yeah. Yeah. So then it doesn't protect your kids because your kids know to lie. But it is. It's a very interesting question when it comes to well, the that, That's the, the funny thing about how the law is written. Even if the kids lie, th- their kids, they're still protected and you can't hold them liable the being underage means that they are not able to waive their child protection even by lying 
which right. means that technically if they lie to get onto your service then and you violate coppa you're still in the wrong but we'll never be yeah uh, uh, you'll I, never I, be prosecuted Facebook's never for been it. prosecuted for that but and the, you're right billy bones there is no way if you have a child in the household under the age of 13 the legality of these devices should be questionable but i've never seen that talked about in any reasonable forum out there because you know they don't want it to be talked about i mean my uh, wife and i both of age so no problem here but if you have kids in the house and you have one of these devices that is that is questionable it is questionable especially now with these devices it was it was one thing and the audio doesn't really creep me out as much as the video does because i do a podcast and i'm not shy about what i think now people who maybe work for a liberal company and when they get home they talk about how they love donald trump and how the left is a bunch of fucktards well cancel (laughs) you may be losing your job and that you may have a problem i mean i'm very open with what i believe i say it on a podcast so nobody has to uh get into my amazon or google device or my cell phone to listen to catch me saying something they wouldn't catch me saying in public but these devices now that they have video cameras in them at a whole nother level of creepiness again especially then if you have kids in the house you know you don't realize what these cameras are picking up oh your daughter gets out of the shower and walks you know through the room because nobody else is home at the time well how do you know amazon's not watching or google's not watching or whoever yeah i, I was given a uh net net gear uh, security camera setup. I didn't need it, but person was moving out of a house, moving into an apartment. I'm like, oh yeah, sure, I'll I'll get it. I'll put the camera on the chickens or whatnot. And uh, I go to set it up, and in order to use it, I need an account with that with the Netgear company. And pass. It, no, I'm not. I'm not doing that. I just want to use the cameras. I don't need to store the feed. I just want a feed. No, you need a. You need to run it through our system so that way we can let you know what's going on through that camera so you can see it on your phone. I don't even yeah, want to any, use it on my phone. I just, I just any want physical device computer. that requires an, an online subscription or, or login of some kind where I'm not using an online service paired with it is, is a hard pass from me. Well, and they're nefarious. And the fact that I've tested a few of these cameras and gave them one-star reviews back in the day when Amazon allowed this stuff when they had to go through the cloud there was you know a few of these companies that tried to make it where no matter what if you were sitting at home and the camera was sitting in the next room the only way for you to see what was on that camera was to let it go through their cloud and bounce it to their server so you could then watch the video over the internet and it's like one that doesn't make any sense to me two with netgear i'll throw this story out there i don't think we said this on the last show or the one before it's been sitting on my list of things to talk about it was a, a bleeping computer article 79 netgear router models risk full takeover due to unpatched bug and this is a major problem we've talked about it on the show before not this particular story who patches their router <sighs> and then when netgear leaves them to die and other companies do this so it's not nice just to bitch at netgear but when these companies go well you know the router's been out for three years or two years whatever they think is old enough to where they've moved to the next ones eh, we don't need to update it and then they find massive bugs that people could use to 
hack into your network or use your router as a DDoS pawn. I don't know. Uh, but Netgear definitely taking some heat from this latest one. 79 different models can allow an attacker to take full control over the vulnerable devices remotely. As we've talked and about, if your router's older, especially go to DDWRT or one of these other open WRT and install different firmware that's at least updated. On the topic of requiring logins, I was I was going to point out how how many top how many things have we talked about on this show where there's some kind of physical device like uh, a TV or uh, an exercise equipment or a blender that just <laughs> stops working because the company goes out of business. Yeah, and you know you need that, those blenders, and that's that's the well that's the the good scenario of of these devices that require online subscription that doesn't even assume that uh some malicious hacker is getting a hold of the account data or that the company is just straight up trying to screw you if you assume that everybody involved is still awesome you are still losing access to your physical device by the company going out of business or shutting their servers down or just deciding that, Hey, you know, this thing's three years old and we want you to buy the upgraded model. So we're going to shut the servers off. Well, maybe if you're Sorry. lucky though, the device will stop working, but you'll have one of these Netgear routers and a hacker will break into your system and then update the firmware on the device that stopped working. You know, that's happened. White, white hat hackers <laughs> yes. are doing the Lord's work. Uh-huh. We're, we're hacking your system to update your security. There are weirder I've, things going on. I've definitely on. seen stories of people, well, not, not it wasn't a router, but I've, I've seen evidence where somebody hacked in, uh, left a message in the user's home folder saying, here, I patched this vulnerability for you. You're welcome. I used to do that back when uh, Comcast first went, uh, or maybe, you know what, it might have even predated Comcast. It might have been when it was still AT&T at home, which was the original cable modem when we got before routers were really a thing there was a time kitties when you got a cable modem it hooked up directly because most people only had one computer in the house so you just had the one modem connected directly to your computer and back then i mean you could see what your ip address was and as you know there's what 255 ips in every range so you could see which one of the you know, what number you were, you know, one nine two one six eight. Obviously, that one is the home thing. But if you're one one, well, then you just go to one two one three, and you could just try any of those. And a vast majority yeah. of the time, you connected to another computer, and you could see what was on there, you know, in all yeah, of the and, files. And back when back when port scanning was manual, but it didn't matter because everybody had their you know their their file server open. Right. That's what we used to do back in college. Back in college, when uh, everybody was on Windows ninety eight, and the the Windows by default, if you were connected to a network, uh, any shared folders you had were just open to anyone. Most of them also had write access, which means that I could, you know, I could go poke around on the dorm network and find somebody who had a music folder open and i just st open up the folder i'd compare all the songs that i have i'd just leech off everything that they had that i didn't have and then i'd notice okay here's all the things i have that they don't have and i'd just push more music up there and then disconnect <laughs> and they had no idea where all this extra came from you didn't find any naked pictures of their girlfriends or anything on there i mean that oh there be... was plenty of that too <laughs> oh porn folders were a thing 
Uh, but the thing that that I I knew about, but not many people did, because they didn't display. Like when you open the computer, it would display all the folders that were actually shared. But if you knew that this existed, you could go to C dollar sign on their computer, which was an open share to the root of their drive. And you could do anything on any computer connected to the university network anywhere. Nice. I missed yeah, Windows 98 was pretty damn secure. Yeah, you did. You came along a little too late, Billy Bones. Well, I, hey, I played around. I've destroyed uh, many installs of Windows 98 going in and playing with the registry, but I didn't have a network to play with. That's where the fun starts. I mean, although you probably don't have the same experience either because, I mean, uh, Bemrose, you used an acoustic coupler modem as well, right, at some point? Or was that uh, very, very early on? See, I did. Well, uh, again, early on. But when you actually had my, to take my, the phone and put it in, the handset yeah. in. Uh, we, we had one very early on, and then I very quickly upgraded to the hottest, most awesome new thing, which was a 1200 baud modem that you just plug the phone line into the back of the computer. Woo! That was the one thing. Which, that- was, which was amazing, because then that 1200 baud modem had to be replaced a couple months later when we had an electrical storm. <laughs> and apparently, the copper wire from the phone line conducts electricity. Yes, yes, it does. NetNed said he had one of those first. That's what I had, a 300 baud acoustic coupler. And the thing that annoyed me about the movie War Games, which otherwise is a really good movie and I think kind of captures a moment in time pretty well, was when he had the phone, the handset in the acoustic coupler, and it was auto dialing. It's like there was no way to do that. There was no way to you know force a hang up and redial with the thing off the hook you had to it was wasn't until you got the the real modems that plugged directly into the phone line that you could do that hang up and redial is was pretty easy you just just you you open circuit is hung up Uh, a closed circuit is is off hook so hang up is is really just a momentary switch in the line that that could be an add-on yeah maybe Um, it was an add-on dialing dialing is a little more complicated because uh well i i I don't remember enough about the movie, whether it was a rotary dial or a, a tone dial. The tone dial is a little more complicated. You have to generate the tones, um, but that's not that hard. But uh, back when rotary dialing was available and you could use the hook button, you if you wanted to dial like, say, you know, 213, then you'd just hit it quick. connect the hook button and you'd be like, tap, 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 you know, <laughs> and and that would dial. Yeah, the auto dial. And again, is, that's just that's just a momentary switch in the line. You you disconnect the line very briefly over and over again and so Right, I mean, but if you're just yeah. using an acoustic uh, coupler, there was no way to hang up and have it redial something then. You needed No. What well, what I'm saying though is is if I had made that setup and I were the kind of awesome hacker that that <laughs> Broderick was in that movie. Right. It would not have been beyond the realm of possibility to go get some parts from Radio Shack that that effectively all you need is is a switch relay that is computer controlled. You can turn on and off by software. True. And that may have been that's all you need to do for for on and off hook and for rotary dialing. I mean, that was what what hacking was used for then was for changing the pretty girl's grades to get on her good side and to start a nuclear war. See, that was the part that of of everything in that movie, the thing that I found the most unrealistic was the idea that the school's computer, all the grades were in the computer and that they had 
a, a dial-up access to to modify all of that 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 seemed way early for its time and my experience with public schools is that they do not adopt technology that quickly right yeah that would agree that was uh, questionable but i mean i guess it could have happened which is what fiction is i guess it could have happened and we push the you push the envelope a little bit it just seemed that the the concept at least was strong which the fact that there was a back door into the system that a high school kid was able to abuse in order to get this massive multi-million dollar government computer system to nearly start a world war it was a lot of people a lot of people thought that this this whole movie was just a watch out for hackers but that the the theme of the movie was be careful of too much automation well and shouldn't it be a big warning for not getting rid of encryption it's like you see what happens when you let the public at random access some of this stuff do you not think that security is a good thing which is why we have so much security now and all these other things again to enhance and protect your user experience can't let that go to the wayside what is the most secure way to communicate right now i mean i saw an article the other day about signal face to face is that well yeah um, with your cell phone in the drawer with your with your and with the battery out and yeah, with in, a faraday in, cage in, around it in, in billy bones cabin in the woods yes yeah i'm still Uncle waiting Ted sheds for everyone yeah i'm waiting for the no agenda compound we're waiting on guys like blitzed and jay finley to get the uh, the compound out somewhere in the desert uh, i'm kind of hoping for a recommissioned nuclear silo i think that would be pretty cool get those up on the used market they're not too much they probably are actually going up in price right now with everybody freaking about freaking out about uh potential world war three civil war 2.0 gotta get rid of the covid man you got you you're safe if you're underground with some big ass air purifiers i good because my ass air needs purifying (laughs) that's what we've heard now do you have any stories ryan i know you said you had something else in your notes um I have uh, I have a couple of Microsoft stories and one about government agents killing rural children with cyanide. Oh, I mean, on purpose or was that like accidental? <laughs> I hope. <laughs> no, no, that was clickbait. <laughs> yeah. Um, there is a a little known federal government agency called Wildlife Services, and this story com- comes out of Idaho. Uh, Wildlife Services has the the task of controlling wildlife and one of the methods that they use is they will just set traps to kill wild coyotes and and other uh, you know quote-unquote undesirable animals oh, so um, a bamlet. possibly i i never tried cyanide on him now you've given me ideas i don't think his wife would disapprove though um so this particular story comes about from the fact that uh, a kid and his dog were uh, out in, you know, this is somewhere in rural Southwest Idaho and they were probably 200 yards from the back of their house when the dog identified uh, a little uh, pipe bomb looking thing sitting on the ground. It just looked like a little pipe sitting upright on the ground uh, with a little something on top of it. And the kid got up close to check it out and reached out for it. And I don't know if the kid or the dog did it, but one of them managed to basically detonate a cyanide bomb 
that sprayed the dog full on and got the kid and the kid ended up having to go to the hospital and almost died and the dog they they said they had to watch the dog sitting there convulsing on the ground uh because some government agent had set up a wildlife trap that when triggered sprays cyanide nearby to kill whatever triggered it and um so the I, it, I don't have a really strong rant about this other than uh, that wait, doesn't seem wait, cool. You've ranted about puppies and unicorns, but cyanide bombs, you're okay? You don't have a big rant? Well, I don't know how much of a douche that little kid was. <laughs> and uh, this wow. is not information that wasn't in the story. <laughs> I'm just waiting. But, I, you're, what you're saying anyways, is people the, are using cyanide to control. Yeah, there there is a government agency out there that is setting booby traps full of cyanide to neutralize wild animals, and apparently they're not particularly careful about it because at least one of these, and, and probably more than one, but I'm sure there hasn't been a story about every one. Uh, was detonated by uh, a kid and a family pet cyanide yeah i don't well i mean hy- hydrogen cyanide i just i don't get it does the job yeah it it did the job just not to the right not to the proper target so uh, i mean it, it it honestly this is this is the kind of thing that that you might start seeing with uh if, if it's that good at killing family pets you might see swat teams using it and deploying it now i you know, well, we got uh, that 30 day ban a, on no chemical weapons in Seattle. I don't know. No, we're okay. <laughs> I, I mean, no knock warrants and banging in the door. And the first thing they do before they even shout the word police is they shoot your dog. That's isn't that the standard operating procedure? I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't know that there's much I can say about this story beyond uh, there is uh, at least one federal government department which is planting cyanide booby traps out in rural Idaho and probably lots of other places. Yeah, um, the, the New York I, Post has I, a story on it. Uh, spring-loaded devices which have killed more than wild animals. No kidding. Since introduced in the 1960s, um, the EPA has recently announced that it would allow on an interim basis the use of M44 devices which trap wildlife with bait before spraying sodium cyanide into their mouths. I mean, okay, how do you how do you have a, a device that does that? We catch you and then say open up and turn this way? What? I'm kind well, of curious. If, if you I mean smear peanut butter on the top of the trigger and, and a wild coyote is gonna come out and lick it off and then their mouth is open. I mean It does say sense. that the EPA has updated its rules. I mean I'm glad there's at least some rules. <laughs> That uh, some restriction on the devices, including banning the placement within a hundred feet of a public road or pathway. That's not real far. Hundred feet, feet isn't that far. Increased from oh, it's increased from fifty feet though, so they're doubling that. And can, can we go like more like a quarter mile? I mean, really. And warning signs must also be placed within fifteen feet of each device, decreased from twenty-five feet. Um, I, I I think. Part of this has the problem with that, you know, people aren't allowed to go shoot these, can't really call them invasive species, but these problem species. Everybody sees a coyote or a wolf and they're like, oh, it's just a little puppy dog, but they don't, and they don't have a problem with it up until it becomes a bear digging through their trash bin. Yeah, or, or coyotes and wolves, which actually will totally mess up a farm's livestock. 
Well, so this is also then just coming down to the fact that we don't like guns. So rather than allowing people to hunt these animals, we have to use this kind of yeah. crap, which is going to kill kids. Yay. Yeah, for for hundreds of years, we we controlled wildlife by paying people to bring in the hides of dead wildlife, the trappers and and hunters. But apparently, now we that's can't animal possibly, abuse. Yeah, no, actually, Cyanide it's liberal abuse. Good. We can't. the The idea of somebody walking around with a gun is too frightening to an over-socialized kid, so we well, can't allow that anymore. Let's also understand that you have people that are douchebags. The fact that you can go harvest some of these devices and then maybe use them in another nefarious way, it's like, I don't know. Do you oh, really? I see where you're going with this. Uh-huh. We need to we need to go collect these devices, and we can put them on the statues where uh-huh. Antifa is. Maybe. <laughs> You know, I don't know. There's uh, there's some crazy Grumpy stuff old going Benz on. Does not, Grumpy old Benz does not actually recommend killing Antifa protesters with no. cyanide. I would recommend putting uh, them in jail. If it does happen, we might not cry, but it, it, we don't recommend it. I mean, if they accidentally tripped a you know, cyanide trap, I'd be like, well, stupid. Yeah. I mean, if, if there happens to be a cyanide trap, say, inside the pedestal underneath this statue where it will never be found except by somebody trying to knock the statue over well you know you've got seattle you got the chop zone they don't even want to close that down because you know it's yeah. it's okay well, there's, no it's, there's there's only one statue left in seattle and it's perfectly safe and that's the statue of lennon and <laughs> not john <laughs> no. not the beetle no no not that guy no no there there is for as long as i've been around there's been a statue in in the fremont neighborhood of seattle there's been a statue of vladimir lenin just right in the middle of the and it, it's not that far from another place where there's uh, a giant troll underneath a bridge clutching a volkswagen beetle okay it's a yeah. weird it's a weird town seattle i mean billy bones had some links in the in the troll room before we were doing the show which showed what happens in the seattle area when it comes down to the government seizing property and if it's a conservative well then they're terrorists if they're liberals they're just good people (laughs) doing their first amendment rights by being out it's yeah that was the comparison of of the may the current mayor of seattle back in uh 2016 when uh, the bundys took over that middle of nowhere uh reserve building now whether or not their their plight was in the right or the wrong uh those people showed up with guns and they were out there to make their message they didn't overthrow a police station they again just a small like ranger outpost they didn't take over people's living quarters endanger people's businesses or home lives they weren't handing guns out but jenny durkin at that point in time said these people didn't show up with flowers they showed up with guns and they're terrorists but now we've got yeah. this, the autonomous zone in seattle and these people are here it's the summer of love it's just a dance party <laughs> nothing's gonna so like go like wrong. i said last like i said when when this chop thing started up i said on on this show uh that if if this zone had been set up by people who were conservative then Durkin and Jay fucking Inslee would have sent the National Guard in with instructions to shoot everyone on site and burn the place to the ground. They would have gone all Waco on them. And that's but, not what yeah. happened? But they're lefties. 
they're, they're they're communists and apparently so are the mayor of seattle and and quite possibly the governor of, of washington well the city council definitely doesn't help uh, you got kashama sawant the the advertised uh, democratic socialist who her plight is to go after and tax the living hell out of amazon because they make too much money and and i don't know what else yeah. Really, if if Bezos weren't such an incredible lefty, Amazon would have left by now. Yeah, that I don't get. I really don't get the whole Bezos thing, except you've got so much money, it doesn't matter. But he's certainly not fighting for the system that helped him become rich and famous. And 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 I I mean, I can't blame Boeing for getting out of Seattle. Um, and uh, Apparently, even Starbucks is looking to get their headquarters out of Seattle. There have been uh, a couple of uh, um, hedge fund groups that are talking about getting out of Seattle because the the climate is just so anti-business. And it, it, you know, like I said earlier in the show, I think that your weather underground people might be uh, onto something. If if what it takes for the activists running these cities to finally acknowledge that maybe the way they've been doing things is wrong is for the entire city to collapse in on itself and become detroit then can we just get that over with so that we can the the rest of us who've known all the time that this is complete retardation can you know point and laugh and then get on with our lives without having to hear about it every five minutes but you have to watch out for things like that. Like I said, I interact with a lot of people that go into Seattle. They have the Seattle mindset. They don't live within Seattle. And when Seattle yeah. collapses, and they're going to be hearing the city of Seattle representatives saying, we need to pass an income tax in the city of Seattle. The people outside of the city of Seattle that believe the city of Seattle's motives. Yeah, and then they go say, vote Democrat and they screw up the whole area. I get it. Yeah, that's that's so, why I, I want to build a wall at at Shoreline and make Seattle pay for it. Escape from Seattle. <laughs> yeah, send Give send in Snake Pliskin. <laughs> the cities do seem doomed. I will give you that. For every big city, seems to have the same problems to a certain degree, and this concept that the the human species can actually make this work. Uh, I don't know. I mean, especially when the cities all end up going under democratic control. You know, not democratic. I mean, it's it's a it's one of them terms, democrat control. That you have to question it. I mean, you look at. I mean, the mayor of Chicago, who's only been in office for you know a short period of time, but wants to blame Donald Trump. It's like, do you, do you not know who's been running Chicago for the last my whole lifetime? You know, over <laughs> fifty years in Chicago, it's been democratic mayor after democratic mayor. I, I think instead of saying Democrat or Democratic, yeah. uh, we we might take a cue from No Agenda, where they've they've stopped blaming things on China because most of the Chinese people are innocent in this, and instead we can say DNC, yeah, DNC, or, as, as they say in No Agenda, the CCP, which is basically the same organization. So it's the leftists. Yeah, you can blame whichever, whatever you want to call them. It is rare to find a city that has not fallen into that trap of being run by leftists for 50 years most of the ones that have had uh, conservative people or a mixture are doing okay it's the cities that have fallen under this concept that you can make a utopia 
there was a cop and i don't know if this is true because it's video online but he claimed then uh that he was called to work a protest that the protesters specifically asked for the police to be there for their protection and what were they protesting they wanted to defund the police and he thought it was hilarious because here's a bunch of little namby pambies who want to go out and protest and say defund the police but they're worried for their safety so they call and they want police there to make sure they're not hassled i mean if that doesn't totally defund your whole concept in your brain i don't know what will if you're going out to protest and say defund the police and you make a call to have the police there to protect you you're fucking stupid Um, we got a nice example here out in the chop the autonomous zone with the the shootings granted they're gang related supposedly and uh yes the the, the gang that took over the autonomous zone yeah and one of the shootings happened two blocks outside of the the zone and police didn't respond and now this guy is going to sue the city of seattle because the police didn't respond because technically he wasn't within the autonomous zone well, he, he was totally within the People's Republic of Seattle, yes. Yeah, and as far as I'm concerned, uh, you're out there pro, uh, professing the the terms and the belief of what the Autonomous Zone is here to stand for, and yet when you go out and get shot, even within uh, the extended borders of, of CHOP, you want the cops to come in and protect you? They can't because also, you've taken away their their central hub of of reactionary space also that lawsuit can't really go anywhere even if there wasn't a a autonomous zone involved or or a mayor who is aiding and abetting terrorists uh the the supreme court has decided long ago that uh police are not responsible and cannot be held liable for protecting you even if there happened to be a cop standing there watching it or filming it on TikTok, they could not be held responsible for trying to save you. That 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 court case is already settled. I could go look it up, but I I'm that sounds like effort. But um, yeah, the this this is just a hint for for anybody who thinks that you know you you want to shit on police, but then you want to you want the police to be there when it is there. I mean, yes, their jobs are, they're supposed to protect the community, but the moment that your ass is in trouble, you don't have to be classified as the community. They're here to protect the community, not all the people in it. So, um, they cannot be held liable for not saving you. Which is, falls under my uh, purview or my belief that you're going to go to the protests and you've seen more than one video and someone throws whatever on one side and the cops react and then the cops have to bring out the the paintball guns and start smacking people around you know that's not for your safety that's for the community that's to control any potential rioting and the destruction of personal property and also are the paintballs filled with hydrogen cyanide not yet that that would be a thing but people you have to understand that it's like if you're going to go into any of these areas and you think oh i'm just going to a peaceful protest the minute things go sideways and looting and violence starts if you don't exit that area immediately you deserve what you get there is no oh i was peacefully protesting i was the one yeah. in the middle of or, this or peacefully I, protesting i i was peacefully tick it right because i wanted some That's, likes i got it <laughs> that that is 
that is actually kind of unique amongst various uh uprisings is the number of people there is 50 percent of them are not necessarily rioting they're trying to they all think they're journalists they're all trying to to post it to their social media like here look what i saw and every single one of the videos the main thing you see in the video is 12 other people who all have their phones up too right and when they get clobbered with a bean bag or with a baton you know because oh, yeah, they're yeah. then they're oh my god i was just i was just i was here i didn't do oh, the, anything the, the one that i saw this morning which was the uh t- cops charging through a crowd trying to disperse them and you know it, it was pretty good footage a bunch of tear gas canisters coming up and and smoke and gas popping up everywhere and then cops charging out in gas masks and full gear with spraying um what i assume is that the those the pepper spray canisters like the the freaking weaponized ones that have a, a concentrated beam that goes six feet oh nice those things are like amazing the wasp killer yeah something like that and then like it's a it's an aerosol can but this stuff comes out like a fire hose and spraying you know spray one person spray one person and then the last thing you see in the video is the cop points it at the camera sprays the whole scene goes reddish brown and then the camera drops (laughs) that's the end of the video that is usually a very ending very good ending and you know exactly what happened you know and then you're gonna see what goes on with these businesses that got caught in the chop zone because they didn't ask for this and their lawsuits and there's a bunch of them suing the city of seattle i think they will win the city of seattle i I, I would argue they knew what capitol hill was like well before there was a chop zone but yeah within within that lawsuit uh they do say they support the the poor the purpose of the uh, calls for the police reforms but they do not support the inaction of uh the mayor or the governor for not cleaning up and maintaining a civil society within the boundaries of chop and rightfully so because they sat back and watched it happen i couldn't believe the day after this started and it wasn't like minutes after it started it was like a day or two when insley was asked about it and he's just like i haven't heard anything about that and i'm like wow really you haven't even heard anything about it congratulations for being the yes, most we- clueless we we refer to this as willful ignorance it was politically convenient or politically inconvenient for him to have known about it at that time yeah it doesn't matter you're the governor and that's his aleppo move moment right what is an aleppo yeah, yeah. no what, get what is aleppo <laughs> yeah you failed and he, he wasn't is... running for president he was in charge as far as i'm concerned people in charge no matter how dire the situation you need to know what's going on and especially in the biggest city in the biggest county in your in state well because they're the same people pointing their fingers at trump who then go well i didn't know this was going on on my doorstep i didn't know that aleppo comparison is really good i hadn't thought of that but you you are correct it it or or to use uh something that more people who aren't don't follow libertarian politics might know about it it might have been his dean scream moment I don't one, know one could is. only hope you're pulling out some very obscure stuff here what people don't remember howard dean from 2012 election a lot of people don't the screamer well okay a lot of the a lot of the people voting democrat today weren't you know weren't old enough to vote in 2012 so i mean does anybody remember anything about howard dean except that speech where he's like and then we're gonna get to the white house and then we're gonna and that was pretty oh, much, that sounds familiar that was pretty much uh <laughs> that's how he's gone down in history i mean the poor guy i mean he was a lifelong politician and that's how we remember him 
because you know you do one stupid thing and uh and that's what we remember but i mean not everybody has, i don't know has, i i can think of much worse punishments that should be doled out for the crime of being a lifelong politician true and uh, everybody can be a lifelong podcaster that's a much better way to go and billy bones what will people find if they check out your podcast which is a walk through the mind available at see another really easy address and thanks for joining the same club as random thoughts with r-e-n-d-u-m-b thoughts.com people have to go to billybones.com but they have to replace the e with the three because that's easy billy b-o-n three s.com just making my name easily rememberable at some level it's this number three instead of an e but when you when you look up a, a walk through the mind it's 15 to 30 minutes uh pick any random set of topic that's been going through my mind that week uh sit down i record it and put it out there it's uh something out there for conversation starters for uh you within your local group of people or maybe it just gets the gears turning with your within your own head and you go out and you you start looking into something that you never thought was worth looking into or yeah just sparking ideas is all i'm out there to do and admit it how many times did you forget to hit the record button never <laughs> okay he's better than fletcher sorry but fletcher I, he might I'm, be I'm not doing it live too. yet <laughs> no, well that's true well that's uh that does add an extra bit of fun to it and the show's good i mean i remember when you first submitted the show yeah, we had to run it through the silence filter, which I mean, every show can benefit from a silence filter, which, um, you know, if anything is silent for more than like a half a second to a second, it depends on the show because some people do use pacing and they do want the little bit of pause in there. But once we, you know, sped that up a little bit, I mean, it went from like, eh, I can't listen to this to, hey, this is really good. And a lot of podcasters never pick up on those those small little things, which is why editing um I mean, Bemrose, you think that the podcast should be edited at least a little, right? I I think that if you are in your first two years, then you cannot create a usable product without some editing. Or a really I, I have not been proven wrong yet. <laughs> that's that's true. Well, my my editing is all done in in a bunker outside of uh, Chirac. Yeah, and it's, a lot of it's done live, and that's the and that's the fun. And I think that was it, uh, that was something. It, I, if you are. If you are very experienced and and you're Adam Curry, you can go live to tape with almost no editing whatsoever. And by the way, even he does some editing. He will go back and and cut out the gaffes and and places where there were technical issues and and trim up the beginning and end. And that it's really it, only the technical editing. issues. It really is only the technical issues. I found. Yeah, this I mean, out. he does. He does not do much, but not everybody can do that because not everybody understands what's good what's bad and what needs to be worked on and it's, and, uh, and it's an interesting thing because i've with doing the editing for airplay on radio here in chicago of no agenda the way i've started doing this was when jcd says hit it at the beginning of the show i start a stopwatch and every time something happens that needs to be edited out swearing mainly I just write the time code down and it's never varies. There's never like, oh, wait, there's a minute or two minutes unless JCD disconnected and Adam says stop tape other. It never changes otherwise. So it is strictly as it was recorded is how it's put out there. And usually when the shows were getting longer, about the three and a half hour mark, 
I would run it through the silence filter just for, again, the nice folks over at WCKG, because, you know, it's FM. You want to tighten it up a little bit. And the one of the times, I think it was 468 times, there was more than a half a second silence at and that had to be cleaned up. But even with that, deleting all the extra silence, it only saved like three minutes on three and a half hours. So it's a very tight show for doing it live. Well, they obviously have a lot of experience. Um, I, I'm just saying that the the argument that you shouldn't have to edit is is bad advice for new podcasters. Uh, the The argument of you shouldn't be spending more time editing than you know you, you shouldn't be spending you know twelve hours editing a a half hour show. Yeah, that you you will burn yourself out. I mean, Hog the story idea that could be a great the, twenty minute show. <laughs> the idea that you can just blurt out whatever you say when you're a new podcaster and release that mp3 and have it be a good show no don't don't get me wrong if you just release whatever with all of the technical warts and everything you know sounding really odd and and fine it'll be just like every other podcast which is uh sturgeon's law applies 90 percent of everything is shit but if you want a good podcast you've got to edit until you get a handle on what makes it sound good live which is not an easy skill and not something new podcasters ever start with. It definitely helps getting an audience. Have you noticed the audience grow on Billy Bones? I mean, this I know Bembrose hates when I talk stats, but before we let uh, you go here. No, it's it's grown uh, slowly and steadily. Uh, I'm not hitting huge numbers, but that's okay. I'm, I'm not expected to be number one, uh, but I've got to chip away at my 10,000 hours, and someday I... I will. I believe I will be worthwhile to uh, more than just a handful of people. And you know, again, you still it's, bring in pretty good crowds when it plays on the stream. Uh, well, that's good. I, that's I, good to know. One of the biggest benefits of your show, and and I don't. I hope you don't take this wrong, but uh, it, it is extremely short, which means that it is an easy show for somebody who happens to be listening to the show to just go. Okay, I'll listen for another twenty minutes or half hour. That's not a big deal. I'll just, it, it's not like, you know, if, if, if grumpy old Ben's or Nick, the rat comes on next, somebody has to look at their watch and be like, can I sit here for the next three hours? No, I'll just catch it later. And they might tune out. And I see that in the stats, but I, I know that if I'm, you know, if I'm setting up the playlist for after no agenda and I need to, uh, pad it out just a little bit longer, I know that I can always throw in a walk through the mind and people will stay on for that because it is a short enough show you you come out you get to the point you lay down all the information that people need and then you get off the air and we move on to the next show and it's one of those shows that i rely on for if if i need some padding anywhere in the playlist i could just throw it in and i appreciate that well thank you and uh, and you're welcome again i i know that everybody's got their favorite podcast that I mean, no agenda is three hours, and then how many other two to three hour shows do people listen to? And it's again, it's just something to get the the gears turning. Something that you only need that little filler of time with, and you go back to wherever. Because there's been plenty of times for me where it's like I want to listen to one more podcast throughout my workday, and all I've got lined up are an hour to two hour shows, and it's like, no, I need something just a little bit shorter just to pull me through on that that's where you don't go to grumpy old ben's the show that even when you think you'll get under two hours 
<laughs> never gets under two hours but billy, I, I i can i can pull up the irc logs where you said we would do a two-minute show today <laughs> well i wanted to prove you wrong again but uh, it doesn't mean you have to uh it doesn't mean you have to have a big topic there's always something going on there's always something crazy going on in the world in this case i mean a lot of the, the stuff we talked about today was again the deplatforming and the dick masterson thing which i think people really should be aware of because this is dangerous more so than you know just the twitter shadow banning and stuff like this once you're starting to control people's money i mean it's one thing if you get you know shadow banned on twitter big deal you'll go somewhere else but once you take somebody's livelihood remember the the crazy vegan chick she was like russian or something that uh facebook demonetized her and she went in and shot people up in facebook you know it's like this is real life when you start screwing with people's money and people should be aware of what's going on and we're the long form podcast we get it i mean we're always kind of flirt with the idea of you know maybe we should do a second show which we've now been doing and they're just as long as the others i mean it was originally maybe we can do a second show that we can get in in like 30 to 45 minutes it just doesn't happen maybe one day it will if you'd like that reach out to us darren at grumpyoldbenz.com or ryan at grumpyoldbenz.com and uh, let us know let us know what you like what you don't like if you want to subscribe we hope you do grumpyoldbenz.com if you want to not be a script kitty and you want to donate we go the value for value route go to grumpyoldbenz.com and click on one of those buttons or find the p.o box address or the qr code to take you to bitcoin all sorts be an expert of fun stuff yes you have to be an expert now, Billy Bones is officially an expert because you've given him the Sir Bemrose, whatever the what is there like a whole prayer or blessing or something you have to do? No, no, you just, just say, yeah, you, you got it. You I, just deem him. So you you're an oh, uh, you, 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 are, Billy, do you claim to be an expert uh, with your blessing? I will. I will proudly wear that name as an expert, expert podcaster. There you go. You're an expert. That's all it takes. And you too can be an expert. GrumpyOldBenz.com. So until next time, I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where I'm not on TikTok, but man, I can still make the podcast rock. And from just outside the left coast autonomous zone, and time will tell if it's far enough outside. I'm Ryan Bimrose. (laughs) Thanks, Billy Bones. Thank you. Thank you.